We're in a series we're doing called An Unshakable Foundation. And it uh, just seemed like a great time to really dig in to the, the idea of the underlying story behind it all. That, that often in life we're so busy, we're doing so many things, we don't get a chance to kind of just really deep dive into the story. And that the better the foundation is, the better our lives are uh, in, in every way. So we're looking at the story, his story as a whole from beginning to end. And I have said to you, you know, there's a lot of different themes that run through it. But it's so amazingly connected from, from the beginning to the end. And uh, Holy Spirit inspired over a 1500 year period it was written. And, and uh, you know, 40 different human authors and 66 books just blended together perfectly uh, and you know it's an amazing thing to watch how it all fits together one of the overriding themes one of the biggest themes is that god wants to dwell with us and and so right from the very beginning in genesis we see that picture i called it of cosmic temple uh, heaven and earth together in one spot god and man dwelling together and the fall happens and blows that up and then and yet god's heart is to do that so we have the exodus and tabernacle we see that again a place where heaven and earth actually meet and then um, that transfers over into the temple the first temple that we've talked about that solomon built the presence of god is there and then Sin, 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 and uh, people are taken off into exile in Babylon. God's presence actually left the temple. We saw it last week, and nothing. And yet, while they're in exile, the prophets are telling them, you're going to go back, and then you're going to rebuild the temple, and, and the presence of God is going to show up. And so we, we saw that they did go back, they rebuilt the temple, but no presence of God until when? Until Jesus arrives, and Jesus is the temple. That's what we talked about last week. Place where heaven and earth meet, God fully, fully God, fully man, Jesus, presence of God back. And then he dies on the cross and he ascends, but he goes, he says, I'm going to do something really cool. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And what we talk about again, now we're a place where heaven and earth meet and connect. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we have that amazing deposit until the time when heaven comes back to earth. New heaven, new earth, Revelation 21, new creation. Amazing, amazing promises. That's the big story from beginning to end. We get to watch God make it all happen all the way through. And what he does, even though we're always going our own way and messing things up. But God is faithful. And we've looked at that. So that's the, the amazing story that we find ourselves in. And it's just a... You know, it's so wonderful to be a part of that. And I, the other thing that I, I keep wanting to say as I say that is trying to dislodge this idea that so many people have that heaven is like a million miles away. But heaven and earth overlap. They connect. Right now, the connection is in us. There's a definite connection among others, but we connect because the Holy Spirit's here and we're here. And so heaven and earth meet. The church is, you know, when we get together like we are right now, that's like, it's like heaven on earth at times. You know, there's that connection because Paul says you, in plural, have the Holy Spirit. You get together and you become the temple of the living God. Also individually, he says that you have the Holy Spirit, so wherever you're at. But, but heaven and earth overlap. So like the end of worship, that was an overlap today. Just the presence of God just comes in, in sort of really cool ways. And, and it's very cool. He was here. He's already here, right? Wherever we're gathered, he's here. But just sort of breaking through sometimes. And we get those moments and touches. And so that's what it is to be part of the story. And so today we're going to take it a little further. I said we're going to focus in today on John 1.14. And we're going to and sort of expand this idea about the kingdom and Jesus being the temple and all those other things. That's the intro. Transition. Bad jokes. These are very bad. I apologize. How did the burger introduce his wife? Meet Patty. 
This one you're going to like, but it's going to take some of you a while, and that's okay. So give yourself some grace. What do you call a magician who loses his magic? Ian. I'm not going to spell it out for them. That, that gives it away. Some of you will get it. Some, and then it happens like that. Which makes it more fun for me. Some of you get it in five minutes. And, and then you can't. And you'll go, oh! Two more. Why did Beethoven get rid of his chickens? All they said was, bock, 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 bock. Last one. What did one DNA say to the other DNA? Do these genes make me look fat? <laughs> Alice, my love, I got you set up now. You don't need to rescue me. They're on fire right now. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> we won't even talk about how the DNA joke doesn't make sense. Because, well... You have to ask a scientist, but the whole allele thing and the, the, anyway, okay. So I don't know enough about it, but anyway. Yes, the lingering spirit of God is a wonderful thing, and he ministers to us in that moment, and he heals us, and he speaks to us, and uh, we are so grateful for that. Amen? So pray with me, Vineyard family, before we read the word. Oh, Father, we cannot say thank you enough. For your healing presence, Lord. Father, I pray that as we lean into you this morning, we would be able to still all the noisy outcry around us and just hear your voice. Father, we thank you that you love us right where we at. We don't have to become anything. Father, you just love us right here and you work with us wherever we are. Father, your kindness always draws us. You love us just as we are, just as I am. We come again this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the text today is out of the Gospel of John, beginning in chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. And this is a very familiar portion of Scripture. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to the, I'm sorry, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which, which his, with which his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Blessed be the word of God.
Next week's is long too, so. Powerful passage of scripture. And uh, I want to pick it up where I left it off last week. When I said last week, I introduced this idea in John 1 14 that Jesus tabernacled. And it says, uh, So the word becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so. You know, it's, it's good to read in context, and so when you read the Gospel of John, so I had Alice read the whole thing, uh, you start to see John bringing in ideas from the Old Testament, which is what we're going to be seeing as we continue to press into the Scripture. And so right off, you should see there's a connection between Genesis and this passage in the beginning. And, and so he's, he's making sure that you get the understanding from way back in Genesis. And then when we get to John 1.14, he brings the idea of uh, tabernacle. He made his dwelling among us. I told you that word that's there in the Greek, is the tent and it's it's really about Jesus coming and, and tabernacling his his body is the tent if you would and he pitches it among us and so we have all these neat ideas that are sort of being brought together by the apostle John on this journey the word who was actually living and active in creation the one who was in the beginning who was with the father has now come to be in our midst he's pitched his tent his his word is here and john wants to make sure we get this idea by adding that part about his glory john says what we've seen his glory um when the presence of God was there, his glory would be real. If you, if you think back about when Moses would go and hang with God, and this is, this is great, you should go and read this if you, if you didn't catch it the first time through, but when Moses would hang out with God, when he would come away from these encounters with God, he would actually be glowing. He would radiate. So not, not like a tan, you know, like really glowing. And it's cool because when he would come back glowing like that, the people would really listen to him. But the glow would fade. And Moses realizes over time that when he's not glowing, the people don't listen to him. So, so he, he does this thing, which is really funny. After a while, he figures that out. So he starts to cover himself up so they couldn't tell when the glow had faded. So they would continue to listen. It's really cool. But that, that's the glory of God. It was, it's real. It's palpable. And in the scripture... John says we see his glory, and his glory is revealed sort of progressively through the scripture. Because John recounts for us in these signs and wonders, and, and you know, so the other guys. But you see the glory of God being revealed as he's out ministering to people, and as signs are happening, and wonders are happening, all these amazing things are happening. And that, that glory is continually revealed all the time he's here, leading up to the cross, which is like the, the, the most amazing revelation of the glory of God, and what's taking place there. So all these things are happening, and, and John is making sure that we see these connections. He's trying to draw them in, and you'll, you'll start to notice that. We'll look at that more next week with Mark. How they're drawing in the scriptures of Israel, focusing them in on Jesus. Uh, that's point number two. So the scriptures of Israel being focused in on Jesus. Now, the reason this is happening is, and we touched on this last week, is that all of a sudden, the people that were with Jesus, after he dies and, and is buried and then defeats death and rises again and see him and... All of a sudden, they, it says they believed the scriptures. Uh, the, all of a sudden, they all began to make sense. So this, this whole group has a real strong understanding of the Hebrew scriptures that they would have. They would have been taught to them. They would have memorized huge passages of them. They knew these things in, intently. 
And the thing that you see with them in the beginning was that Jesus was here in the flesh. They're always kind of arguing with Jesus. Now, that's not how it's going to be, Jesus, which is, you know, pretty amazing. But they would do that. No, it's not going to be like that, Jesus. No, no, this is what you're supposed to do, Jesus. They had a, they had a way of thinking. Uh, and, and Jesus had to keep, no, that's not how it's going to be. This is what it looks like. And then all of a sudden, after the death and resurrection, I just love seeing it. You can tell that the light bulbs went off for these guys. That's what he meant. That's the picture. That's the story. Now it all makes sense. Now all these things we've been reading throughout the course of our lives, they all make sense in Jesus. Now we see how they fit together. And so as they're writing these things, they're, they're having all these connections that are happening. I just love seeing it. I love it when they make these connections about what's going on in, in the passage. And so we have this, this amazing verse, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory, glory as the, uh, of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Same verse, a little different translation because I wanted you to see. So, so one of the things is John is doing here. Is, so he's brought in Genesis already, and he's brought in Exodus for us already. Well, now what he's doing is he, he's bringing in the idea that we read a few weeks ago in Second Samuel about David. And, and remember, we looked at the story of David, and David wanted to build a house for God, but God said, no, I'm, I'm going to build a house for you, in effect. And, and Solomon will build a temple, but we're actually going to build a family through Jesus. And John brings that verse, that whole idea of everything that's going on with David and his line and everything into the story, uh, because he he calls up for us, 2 Samuel 7, 14, and I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And there's this picture of, of what John was trying to say. He said, look, here's this idea, here's this stuff. Now we got Genesis, and we got Exodus coming in, now we got all these signs coming, these things coming from David that we're pulling into the story, and, and uh, he makes sure that we get it. You know, in John ten thirty, he writes down Jesus saying, you know, I and the Father are one. And in John uh, 14, 9, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you in such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So he's just making this point of, of bringing in this idea of David and David's only son and David's son and how that's all going to happen and what it looks like. And John has seen it and he's figured it out. So we have, now we have these neat things happening. We've got Genesis coming in. We've got Exodus coming in. We've got the whole sort of story of David coming in. And then John does this other amazing thing is he brings in more to the story. And he starts to bring in some ideas from Isaiah. Now, remember I told you the prophets were writing during the exile about what was going to happen. And, and, and that, that the temple was going to be rebuilt and the presence of God would come back. And that we understand from last week he was talking, they were talking about Jesus. But at first the guys didn't understand that at all. Uh, it took what was happening for them, to, you know, for them to see, to realize this is what it's all about. But now that they've seen it, now that they've connected and the scriptures come alive to them... They're bringing all sorts of things. They're seeing it everywhere. And one of the main sort of chunks of Scripture where a lot of these things are happening is in Isaiah. And if you remember, the last few weeks, I keep saying, if you get a chance, read Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 55. Well, that seems like a big chunk. It's really not. But that whole thing is one big poem in the Hebrew. It's a big poem. And, and a lot of very important things in the Scripture, because it's all important, but are, are poems and songs. And I'll talk more about why about that in a moment. But Isaiah 40 to 55 is one big poem about the servant who's going to come. And, and talking about Jesus, and John is bringing this idea of in the beginning was the word. Well, now when you start to read Isaiah 40, you, you see things like this. A voice, uh, 
cry, says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but what? The word of our God endures forever. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Isaiah, so, so a lot of times you might read this, and they're always just talking about the Bible. And, and absolutely, it's, it's, but it's more, it's about Jesus. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, what? Here is your God. See, it's a, Isaiah prophetically knew what was going to happen and, and was telling everybody what to look for. The word would become flesh and dwell among you. Here is your God. They, they didn't see it right away, but they make the connection. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. Listen to this picture of Jesus. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. Jesus says he's the great shepherd. He's making these connections as well. They didn't see him at first, but now the guys are starting to see everything that Jesus was talking about. And, and you, can, you can sort of... Join in it with them. See, that's the scriptures like that. It it, it it should come alive for you. And then John goes even further, and he's because he's thinking about about the word becoming flesh. And we have in there this picture of Isaiah fifty five, uh, verse ten. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. So water does what it's supposed to do when it comes down. Rain does its thing, right? So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Just like that, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Speaking of the word that would come in the flesh. That's what Isaiah is talking about in this whole passage. The servant who would come and do what needed to be done. And, and he comes as the word. The word becomes flesh. And that's Jesus. And he makes his dwelling among us. And then the rest of that, Isaiah 55, if you read it, is about new creation that we're talking about. All these tie-ins are happening. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. Now, that's a new creation promise. And, and I don't know if you just, well, that's kind of a nice little picture. No. New creation, apparently, trees can clap their hands. <laughs> I don't think we have any idea about creation and the way it is in perfection and what it looks like. We're going to walk around a lot going, wow, did you see that? Is it just me or them trees clapping their hands over there? And you're like, no, no. You've got to think bigger. We're going to press into that last week. You have to see things like God sees things. We're so limited. We've got our box so small about God. And we're missing all these amazing promises that are happening. But the guys that were with Jesus, all of a sudden it ties in because of the, the death and resurrection. And they're like, that's what he meant. Trees clapping their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, we'll grow the juniper. And instead of briars, the you know, weeds. Aren't, isn't it amazing how easy weeds grow? How much work it takes to grow. This will be for the Lord's renown. For what? An everlasting sign. That's how we know it's new. Everlasting means just that. Everlasting. That will endure how long? Forever. 
So that's the, these promises, and they're all coming true. And they, they started in Jesus. The, the kingdom of God is here in Jesus. It's not fully here, but it will be. We'll touch on that more. But it's here, and, and it's making a difference in the world. And we're making a difference as people who love him and are walking with him. And we have an impact now. And, and what we do now makes a difference in what's coming. It, it, God uses it. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is lost. God is amazing. And, and so we're, we're having all these things tied together. And we need to see all these pictures and, and what's happening with them as they make these connections for us. And then, why this is significant is, is I think this passage, John one fourteen, is so powerful that it's kind of the lens to understand the whole story. That, that it, it, it's pulling in everything that we've talked about up to this point and will contain everything that we're going to talk about. It's this, it's this way to see, the way I said, the way God wants us to see. It's, it's a sort of a lens, that understanding the Word became flesh, that this was something that the, the prophets talked about, it's the psalmists talk about. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, tabernacled among us. Jesus comes, fully God, fully man, and changes everything. And He's... He's the first of what's to come. He's the, he's the firstborn. Because, because Jesus has been resurrected, we'll be resurrected. The earth will be resurrected. It's all happening in him. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so to, to see the story, we have to train ourselves to see the way God does. And it comes down to that. The Word who was with God in the beginning comes in the flesh and reveals the glory of God in the earth. That's what he was doing. That's what was going on. Now, all right, so I'm going to end with this. And this is the thing I was alluding to last week when I saw this. And let me, let me say, so I'm, 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 I'm nerding out in the Word lately because I can. And uh, so, so this, this may not be as impactful for you as it was for me. But it, it, when I saw this, it was like, <gasps> and, and it's such a cool thing. So do you remember, John, he brings in that idea of in the beginning, right? That's how we started this thing. And for John, it was, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. But in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created, in the beginning. So there's that phrase. Now, if you like to write things down, you might want to write this down. You don't have to, but you might want to. In the beginning, the, the first word in the Bible is actually a compound word in the Hebrew, made up of two words, the first one being be, B-E. And bet means, has three meanings. It means in, it means through, and it means for. It can mean in, through, or for. That's what bet means. And the other word is reshith. Reshith. And uh, reshith means... Beginning, head, sum total, first fruits. Those are the possible meanings of that word. Uh, and so when, when we see it in beginning, so that's what we have. And so the whole Bible starts Bereshith. Yeah, so what? Well, it's pretty cool. Bereshith. Why is it so cool? Well, our buddy, our buddy, the Apostle Paul, I don't know why I called him our buddy, but I think it's okay. But our buddy works. Jesus is, is our buddy. Apostle, our buddy. Because Paul, I just love Paul. Because Paul, Paul's pedigree was he understood the Bible. By he had it. You know what I mean? He was zealous. He got it all. He had it. And you might think the rest of the guys were fishermen. They had it too. But Paul, Paul's got it. And and when 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 it connects for Paul, he just is. He's so amazing. And this idea of Jesus becoming flesh connects with Paul, and it changes everything. And and. Uh, and so Paul writes his poem in Colossians 1. Paul writes poems. Um, 
so why are poems important in the scripture and songs? I said that. Well, you can, you can um, put a lot more thought, you can describe a lot more things in a poem and in a song than you can in just normal teaching. Like, I can sort of give you an idea at a time here, uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> most of them, anyway, uh, changing gears. But in a poem or a song, you can put 10 ideas or 12 ideas, and they all, they fit because it's a poem or a song. And so a lot of the scripture is poems and songs. Alice and I were talking, I was we were talking to her about the idea of poems, and she goes, oh, that's why we're a poem. And I'm like, absolutely. Remember in the New Testament, it says we're his workmanship, the word in the, is actually poema. Where is poem? And, and, and it's because you, there's so many things that, that are in a poem, right? That all these things. Well, Paul writes his poem. And uh, it might not look a, like a poem to you because it's written in Greek. But if you could, if you read Greek, uh, and I, let me say this: I don't. I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't speak Greek. I know some people that do. I don't. But I have commentaries that tell me when things are poems. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him. And for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You see, and Paul is sort of echoing a lot of the stuff I've been talking about in John. And he is the head of the body, the church, and he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. See the reconciliation of heaven and earth, right? Peace through his blood, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here's this amazing poem. The, the, the focus of the poem is Jesus is the head there in the center and the, the lines before it and the lines after it complement that thought. And you go, well, that's a good poem. I wonder why Paul wrote that poem. Well, here's what happens. In this, in this amazing poem, if you didn't catch it, are all three meanings of the word be and all four meanings of the word reshith. Jesus as the beginning, Jesus as the sum total or supreme, Jesus as the head, Jesus as the first roots. All things are reconciled in him and through him and for him. And you go, okay, what's that a big deal? Here's what's happening. When Paul gets this whole thing, you know what Paul does? He looks at the first word in the Bible... And he goes, it's all about Jesus. In him, through him, for him, the head, the beginning, the first fruits of this. He, he said, hey, look, it's all here. It's always been here. It's all about Jesus. I, I tell you, when you read the scripture, it's all about Jesus. Paul could get it off that first word. And I'm like, that's. I was like, look at that. It's all about Jesus. Yeah, in the beginning, you talk about someone who was up against it and going after it and fighting it all against it. And then when he gets it, it's a complete change. His life is absolutely changed. That's where the light bulb's going off. And that's what God wants from us. He, he, he wants to draw us in closer and closer and closer to love him and to know him and to change our lives. And that's what it looks like to be part of the story. So, so get ready. I got way more next week. Read ch- Mark chapter 1. And get ready for next week, because there's some amazing things we're going to watch Mark draw it into and make all these pictures together. So, uh, so good. Enough for today. Alice, my love, come up. We're going to pray. We can't do our ministry time on the wall right now because of everything, so we want to make sure that we just take a second and, and invite Holy Spirit to come and meet us where we are. So, Holy Spirit, would you come even now? 
And would you move among us? And would you meet each one of us right at the point of our need today? Would you minister to our hearts? Would you stir up in us all of your gifts? Would you produce in us, God, all of your fruit? That we might experience that in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Just notch that up for all of us, God. A little bit more for all of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We want all of that that we can get. And so just move among us. God, reach out and touch us. Lord, heal those right now who are going in any situation, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Reach out and touch them in mighty ways. By your power, Holy Spirit, you've come. You're with us. You're for us. You love us. So sometimes I just lean into God and ask him if he has anything for the people that he loves. And it's purposeful. It's intentional. I lean in and ask him. And I'm not the only one that can hear from God. Obviously, all of you can. But when I share these things, it's because I've asked him. And so I felt like he impressed upon me that um, there's someone here going through a battle or a war. And it's emotional. And you're really, really going through it. And I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you will have the spoils of this war. But they aren't going to be what you think. Because Jesus always is doing a different thing, right? He's always doing a better thing, a deeper thing. And you're not going to be able to hold on to these spoils with your hands. It's not going to be quantitative. It's going to be just what Steve said, the fruits of the Spirit, the emotional healing are the spoils of this war and this battle. He sees your faithfulness. Just continue to press in and lean into him. Amen. You know, also we had, we had some words earlier about just knowing, knowing Jesus as your friend. He, he doesn't want you to know him as your boss, but as your friend. And that, that's really important. And then, and then there was, we had another word about that, that, that friendship. And it was from somebody who was eating a peanut butter and jelly at the time. But you have that picture of this, what it's like, how well that goes together, peanut butter and jelly. That's how he wants us to go together. That's the idea, to be his friend. And, and I just want to encourage you to think that way this week, to be that, that Jesus, he's our friend, and that we're just out making in some new friends. And kind of let that sort of run with you this week, and we'll get back together, and we're going to press in more next week into this whole picture. But uh, again, thank you, everybody. If you don't know Jesus, that's where the story starts. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Best decision you'll ever make. It's really just like that. He's done all the hard work. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that from your heart, let me know. Text that word heart to me, to that number. So I can celebrate with you. And it's the best decision you'll ever make. And you need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's where everything starts. Thank you, church, for your amazing generosity. Those of you who are sending in gifts online and, and doing it through the mail or whatever. And boxes are up front for those of you here. Appreciate you so, so much for uh, letting us continue to minister here in our community and into the world around us. And uh, here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings.
May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Thanks online for watching. If you're heading out, please go out this way. Doors will be open so you don't have to touch anything. Make sure your masks are on. Keep distance between you as you go. Don't sort of bunch up there. Got that six-foot thing happening. And God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.